1: Good day and welcome in, Rob Black and your money. Hopefully getting you to retirement, that's the goal of the show. One of the headlines that jumps out instantly today was Social Security has a looming $11 trillion shortfall. Now, I guess I'm a middle-aged guy. I'm somewhere in that area. I'm definitely not young. But when I was a young child, I remember something's wrong about Social Security. I kept hearing, you know, it's going to fail one day. And President-elect Donald Trump has said he will preserve Social Security, though he, ha- he has to have Congress kind of like do something with it. Um, it's a problem that's going to amount to $11.4 trillion shortfall down the road. Last time that Congress changed Social Security in a significant way was in benefit cuts and payroll tax increases. It was 1983 under Ronald Reagan. So we just keep kicking that can down the road. It's a long time. Joining me now to talk about this and an upcoming seminar, CFP Chad Burton mister Burton, the social security
2: issue it 's been with us our whole life Should we Should we worry about it well, absolutely i mean it 's a system that especially for the self employed people it, it just doesn 't work anymore under the current you know structure that we have now the one good thing is, and I talk about this all the time, especially on the afternoon show, Rob, is that you know if we look at Japan and places that have tensions and large debt and an aging population. They have a population problem whereas we have the millennials, a larger population than the baby boomers. So I've been told um, to help kind of support the system as we grow older. But the issue is is that you're you're paying a certain percentage of your income into Social Security for a promised payout amount. And there's so many things that can affect that from how much debt your government takes on to what interest rates are doing. And if you would have asked me 20 years ago when I got into this business if interest rates would ever be this low, I would have said, heck no. I mean, nobody has a crystal ball in rates. It's really hard to predict. But anytime you're dealing with extremely low interest rates, you're dealing with potential pension cuts, as we've seen in recent news, and continuing Social Security issues that we're going to you know, deal with until the system is completely changed.
1: So this is something that, and more that you'll talk about at the Berkeley Seminar coming up on February 9th. The retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar. Obviously, Social Security is a big part of that. People can sign up today at newfocusfinancial dot com with a passcode retire one two three. It is free to get in. Um, now, switching more <coughs> towards your kind of content for today, because I kind of monopolized that out of the gate. Was but it's the same thing. Pinched plans. Yeah. They're in the news on a regular basis. What's happening?
2: Well, I mean, this this one is the kind of what they call the unthinkable um, that just happened, happened in Loyalton, California, a small remote city in the uh, Sierra, Sierra Nevada Mountains. Um, and the pensions were cut for CalPERS employees there, uh, pretty, pretty large cuts to the point where people are like, okay, I think I can retire to, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be in poverty in retirement. And there's certain CalPERS employees that get Social Security offsets as well, Rob, so this is, you know, uh, an issue that people really need to think about and be aware that this is an issue. Pension plans and student loans are kind of the next issue that really need to be dealt with in terms of debt in our economy. And the issue here is that the, as we saved the economy from the Great Recession that almost became the Great Depression um, and interest rates were lowered in order to stimulate the economy, the issue is that they've been so low for so long People that invest in bonds, from retirees to pension plans to insurance companies, have had horrible returns when it comes to income. Um, Now, gains in bonds have been decent, but as interest rates go the other way, gains in bonds, you know, can turn into potential losses. Long story short, these pension plans and. Uh, the way that people invested the money to fund retirees have not performed the way they're supposed to between uh, the stock and bond allocation over the last 10 years and then projected returns over the next 5 to 10 years. So really it becomes an issue of make sure you can save enough to retire on your own despite Social Security, despite pension plans. You can do it if you continue to invest in stocks and equities throughout your life. You start saving early. When you get bonuses, you put more money into your 401k, and invest in your own pool of money that you can control on your own in good companies rather than depending on some government to save you from retirement.
1: It's a big concept, and uh, a lot of people have to get really comfortable with that. Um, Now, what about other CalPERS employees? Um, California is a really big state, and we keep adding more uh, people on a regular basis. What should other CalPERS employees uh, be setting themselves up to do?
2: Well, well before you retire, you a know, minimum of 10 years before you retire and hopefully sooner, you should have a good fiduciary-based certified financial planner that's that you're working with. Um, okay. Fiduciary means they put your interest before theirs. They don't work on commissions and try to sell you a bunch of insurance garbage. Um, they're an actual financial advisor and they have the ability to run scenarios of, hey, what if you have a pension benefit cut? Um, or what if one of you passes way early and one of the Social Security check goes away? Um, different scenarios on your other liquid investments like Monte Carlo simulations to give you your percentage of success potential based on your current asset allocation. So you should consider what things would look like if you know that happens. If you do see a cut, what will you do? How will you handle it? Maybe it's reverse mortgage. Maybe it's selling your home or moving to a different state that's a heck of a lot cheaper to live in um, that doesn't tax your income when it comes to pensions, things like that. It's just just knowing. Knowing will help you sleep at night. Knowing what your plan B would be if something like a pension cut happens, um, even though you're considering the bad scenario, at least knowing what you would do will help you sleep at night, Know that you have a plan B in place.
1: People can sign up for the event coming up at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. You can enter the code retire123 and get in for free. It's coming up in Berkeley. It's our only Berkeley visit this year. It's in February 9th, um, and that is a daytime event, which will be quite nice, a um, lunch in- event. So changing topics a little bit. Let's mm-hmm. talk about the lump sum letter that a lot of em- former employees receive. We've got about two minutes. Should they take their lump slum- uh, lump sum that they get?
2: Um it's something they should absolutely consider you really have to consider things like the health of you if you're single um if you have poor health then take the lump sum typically. but if you have poor health but your spouse has really good health and they could live a long time, then you might want to consider the lifetime payout but first, you have to look at the health of the pension plan that you're getting the letter from so in other words, if you worked for you know Johnson and Johnson years ago and you look up their plan of p b g c and it's in decent shape, then you can say, okay, do I want to keep it as a bond alternative or do I want to roll it into a lump sum? So you really need to gather information on how a pension plan is funded or underfunded. How, what, is it in really bad shape? Some of these plans are selling out to hedge funds and private equity and losing all kind of lifetime guarantees you got to review your other investments. Do you need more equities and in, in, or stocks, or do you need more bonds? If you need more bonds, then that would lean you towards keeping the pension. Um, so if you come to the point where, you know what, the, pan, the plan is underfunded, uh, I should roll it into an IRA, you need to first set up an IRA account and then fill out the forms to roll that money over uh, tax-free from the pension into the IRA and then you know manage it yourself or hire a fiduciary-based fee-only CFP to help you with it. Thanks very much. You can
1: listen to Chad here
2: on KDOW
1: from two to three Mondays and Tuesdays. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And an event coming up. You can find out more information about that event. It's right around the corner at newfocusfinancial.com. Well, I'd really like to see you.
0: rob black now 800-516-1220 that's 800-516-1220 now back to rob black and your money on am 1220
1: kdow welcome in i'm rob black talking all things financial money investing and more I pledge if you listen, I will do my very best to bring up topics that are going to be helpful for you. It's not always going to work like that. There will be failures, I promise you. Um, but I'm passionate about this. And as long as you know people show up at events and people listen, uh, I think that's great. Um, so for my radio listeners, I've kind of grandfathered you in for cheap events forever. There will be codes for you. But keep that in mind to kind of like pay attention to that going forward. Um, event coming up, you can find out more about it at RobBlackShow.com. Um, <clears throat> Super Bowl is right around the corner, and I grew up a Green Bay Packer fan. I was delivered in a military hospital by a, a Green Bay Packer running back uh, during Vietnam, and it's kind of cool. You know, I was actually delivered in a um, janitor's closet because it was a military hospital, and they were kind of trying to save... The surgery rooms were people who needed it more than women kicking out babies. Kind of a sign of the times, right? Um, But if the Packers go to the Super Bowl, would I spend a bundle of money on a Super Bowl? And the answer is, if I'm affluent, yeah. If I'm struggling to pay my bills, no. Um, I know that doesn't sound like fun, Uh, but it is what it is. It's, it's, I think part of the recipe to success is know where you stand and try not to, you know, break the bank ever and don't talk yourself into it. I remember at one point in time, I talked myself into season tickets for the Washington Capitals and it sounds like a great idea, but then you see the commitment of going to 41 games and, uh, there's a commitment there. Like you could take a girlfriend, uh, like two or three, and then she's like bored uh, um then you get another two or three with a good buddy and then you start like trying to figure out who to take next and um you're always giving the tickets away for free because you don't want to say hey you know this last second you want to buy a ticket for $65 <clears throat> so i threw down Ooh. you know easily 3000 plus dollars um easily that was just kind of a waste of, of time and money so um, I could have watched the games on television and had a much better time and had more money. And this was a long time ago. So, try not to bust the bank. Try not to talk yourself into it. Try not to say, this is a once-in-a-lifetime deal. i got to do it now, because there's another bus coming down the road. So, we're moving closer to the inauguration. A lot of people think there could be a sell-off after the inauguration. When Donald Trump takes control what happens and how fast, um... We're going to be paying attention, and there's a lot of rallies this weekend to show distaste or, uh, you know, protest of the president-elect. He's the most unpopular president ever to be sworn in, as far as popularity goes. So a lot of people, think, a lot of analysts are saying, you know, be prepared for a sell-off. And I'm prepared for a sell-off, within reason. I always have some amount of cash laying around. Uh, Not in my house, don't come rob me. Um, But you have the the concept there. There's always some liquidity in my portfolios. So a seeming lack of policy continuity between President-elect Trump and the GOP-controlled Congress, as Mr. Trump asserted in weekend interviews, that he thinks the current GOP border tax plan is too complicated and that his replacement plan for Obamacare is a goal of providing insurance for everyone. Um, some of the things that Republicans are saying and some of the things that he's saying are against odds. So, so within the Republican Party, there's some, you know, how much are they willing to put their names on his name or on his policies? It's going to be interesting to see. There's increasing angst about protectionism as President-elect Trump threatened a 35% border tax on imports of German cars made in Mexico. Um... Meanwhile, Chinese state media make it sound as if China is ready to retaliate if the U.S. imposes punitive tariffs on Chinese imports and or disregards the one-China policy. There's some headlines out there today where you're like, hey, Trump is, Trump is pulling this off. You're seeing a lot of companies announce that they're going to create more jobs um, in 2017 inside the United States. So... We're paying attention to that. Uh, GM's going to invest one billion more in the U.S. after Trump tweets about them. That's one of the headlines out there. Uh, Walmart's going to create another 10,000 jobs, so uh, Hyundai's going to invest 3.1 billion in U.S plants. Now, how many of those headlines would have happened with or without him? It's, that's what I, you know instantly pops into my head. Um But with that being said, some of this does look like it's having an effect. But when you start telling GM, make you know, your car's here and you're not going to get taxed, and then you tell BMW, we're going to tax you 35%. um <laughs> Maybe you should go buy your BMW right now is the idea, right? Probably not. BMWs, I think, are kind of silly. So the impending arrival of Inauguration Day is, I think, the story this week. Um, a lot of participants are thinking that it's going to serve as some sort of cue. Um, so that's on the 20th, I believe Friday the 20th. There's a lot of misgivings in the media today and yesterday um, and Sunday is probably the right way of saying that because uh, there weren't political news shows on Monday, but the political news shows on Sunday talked a lot about UK's Brexit approach, which the Prime minister has said, you know, uh, here's our plans, we're leaving. And it looks pretty hardcore. Um, It's, you know, a soft break or a hard break. It looks like it's going to be a hard break. So she confirmed, Miss May, uh, Prime Minister of England, confirmed Britain will leave the single market. She also conceded, however, that the UK is aiming for a flexible and phased transition. And then the Brexit plan will be put to a parliamentary vote. So uh, it's moving forward. So Morgan Stanley and United Healthcare top consensus expectations in earnings. So we're in earnings season. And I, I tend to like to say that earnings season takes about three weeks to play out. And it happens four times a year. Every 90 days, Wall Street has to come clean and tell us how they did. Facebook has to tell us four times a year, this is what we accomplished, this is what we failed. Here's where our revenue is at, here's where our earnings at, here's our plans on hiring. It's a publicly traded company. They have access to the public's money. Uh, There's a relationship that if you want to invest $100, they'll give you one share kind of idea. And because of that, they have to come clean and file financial documents. And part of that is their earnings calls. If you've never heard one, I highly recommend it. Um, And even like a, a Disney conference call, your kid, probably 12 years old, will get something out of it. Have them listen to a Facebook call or a call on Apple. Um, they're free. You have to uh, do a little bit of research to figure out how to you know, get on, but they're worth it, in my opinion. So Disney got upgraded to buy today from Neutral. J.P. Morgan Chase upgraded American Express to overweight. Big merger of British American tobacco. They're buying the 57% of Reynolds American they didn't own. Um, a lot of people think the next two people to merge okay. in the tobacco world will be Philip Morris and Altria back into one big company. Altria would be the play there. I'm Ron Black talking all things financial. Money investing and more.
0: 800-516-1220 That's 800-516-1220 Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220
1: KDOW little Red Hot Chili Peppers which I think they're the last band on my bucket list that I want to see live and in person in good seats or close Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Mr. O'Hare, is there any concerts or anything in your life that you have to accomplish? Do you have a bucket list going?
3: Uh, probably nothing uh, if it involves uh, taking someone over 12 years of age to. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not in that mood yet right now. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Family uh, issues. Press Press on. Right. Um, th- stock market. Um, and Donald Trump, it's, I just basically, I don't know if I stole it from you, but uh, in your page one today, you talk about the march towards the inauguration. To me, that feels like the big story of the week is how do the markets set up for the inauguration? How do the markets react after the inauguration? Am I onto something there? Is that a, a general theme?
3: Well, no, I think you're right rob, and, and you know interesting thing about the market you know you you've got this narrative going on right now that suggests that you know you buy the election and you sell the inauguration, and um you know things rarely line up as neatly as that, right, so you'll get some chatter leading up to this inauguration that says, well, as soon as we get past Friday, then everything's going to sell off you know maybe maybe it does, but but it seems like uh that would um. Uh, be unusual uh, when something that is so widely talked about actually does come to fruition. But I think what's going on the sort of behind the political scenes, if you will, is, is really what's what matters more and what could ultimately drive things post-inauguration. And, and you know, what you have to keep in mind is that during this election rally, after some of it's been predicated on this notion that once Mr. Trump is the president uh, and it time to get down to business things will proceed with very seamlessly and smoothly uh with a, a gop controlled congress and some of the headlines over the weekend suggested that you know that may not be the case uh and if the market catches wind of the possibility that it's not going to be a smooth seamless transition and that some of these legislative initiatives are going to be um, more prolonged in terms of being enacted, uh, and then you get the market, you know, uh, coming in some on that reality that uh, on the idea that the reality is not living up to the hope that's been placed into a lot of stock prices right now.
1: So we're seeing some headlines that are kind of, I don't want to say pro Donald Trump, but GM plans to invest one billion in U.S. factories. Hyundai is investing one, $3.1 billion in U.S. plants. On some levels, it seems like some of his rhetoric is not scaring companies, but maybe. Some companies seem to be creating jobs. Uh, good thing? Bad thing? Is he Does he get credit for it, or would this have happened
3: anyway? Yeah, well, I think, you know, when you talk about these major industrial companies, and, uh, you know, the head of uh, Fiat Chrysler said it you know, a week or so ago, you know, Their plans to, you know, build new factories and create more jobs in the United States, I mean, those don't happen in two weeks' time, right, when you're talking about investing billions of dollars. These are things that have been talked about for months, if if not years, which, you know, in the case of Fiat Chrysler. So I think the timing is coincidental, um, you know, uh, as it relates to these announcements that we're seeing. And perhaps these announcements are coming out in the fashion they are, just given the environment we're in right now. You might not have seen... Uh, these companies um broadcast them so um vociferously as it relates to what they're planning to do to create US jobs and, and investing in the United States. It's all well and good, you know, you can't you know, you can't um say anything bad about it really. Uh and you can't discredit anyone from wanting to really, you know, drive more job creation in the United States. That's great, you know. Um I guess the, the issue comes down to, you know, uh how one goes about Doing that, um, and that there's something seems somewhat unseemly to use a bully pulpit to to make that happen. Uh, and it's certainly kind of out of the it's certainly out of the ordinary for uh, you know a president to be be doing it in the fashion that Mr. Trump um, seems to be doing it. Um, so there's an adjustment phase that's taking place right now, and I think you do have some companies that are, for lack of a better word, scared to do something that's uh, out of line with. Uh, the president elect's view of you know where jobs need to be created and what's going to happen, what the implications might be if if those jobs are not created in the United States. So I think a lot of companies are playing pretty close to the best, but but by and large, these you know the announcements we're hearing of major um, you know capital investments and, and job creations. I think those things would have happened anyway. Uh, but given the current environment we're in, these companies are taking advantage of that, I think, making it known that they are going to be job creators in the U.S.
1: Speaking to Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com. Patrick, uh, we've gotten through about one week of earnings season. I look at earnings season as kind of about three weeks with the exciting big tech names in week two. We've gotten through some of the financials. Um, How's it looking for you, Uh, particularly on the financials, because they've been a market laggard for the last couple of years. Um, some of the numbers look big, but is it big because their numbers were small, or is it big because things are booming?
3: Well, I don't. I would say that things are booming um, in terms of the actual results that you're seeing out of the financials. I think the expectations are booming, though, that they're going to come in much stronger in the months and quarters ahead, and and that, of course, is what's been uh, what propelled many of those under-owned financial names uh, sharply since the election. Um, so what we had, you know, at the start of la- at the end of last week, with J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, PNC, reporting their results, all you know, relatively okay, um, nothing gangbusters, um, but uh, but because they were better than expected, we've actually seen a slight lift in the uh, the blended earnings growth rate uh, for the for the fourth quarter uh, than what was seen just a few days ago. Um, Q4 earnings estimates are expected to be up about 2.6%. They're now tracking to be up 3.1%. Um so, so you're seeing a, you know, a, a boost from these financial companies better than expected results. And, uh, but now it's really a, just as it is for the president, it's time for the rubber to hit the road here and see if, if the deregulation that's been talked about, uh, and the stronger growth that's been discussed comes to fruition and starts to to ring true in the, the actual earnings results from the banks and the investment banks in the first and second quarters. Um, and thus far, I think these you know management within these companies is they're still holding out some hope that things will be better. Um, you know, even if you don't get all of these helpful policies kicking in, because you do have a labor market that. Near full employment, you do have wage growth that's picking up, and you certainly have confidence uh, at higher levels than you've seen in some time, and I think generally their tone is still somewhat optimistic that things will indeed be better through the first half and, and through the full year of 2017.
1: Is there anything that you're working on right now that you think should be thrown into this conversation as added color on where we are and
3: where we're going? Well, the, the earnings news this week is clearly going to be the focal point, but there is, you know, one piece of economic data that I think that will catch the market's attention, it's out on Wednesday, and it's the Consumer Price Index for December. Um, you know, the Fed has kind of just been relegated here to the backseat for a while for the last, you know, several weeks as the focus has been on fiscal policy. But uh, but I'm going to be watching that CPI report. If it comes in stronger than expected and get higher rates of inflation than expected on a year-over-year basis. I think the Fed's going to enter back into the conversation and the market's going to get a little bit more concerned with this notion that the Fed may need to be um, more proactive with its tightening efforts than even the Fed thinks it might be uh, through 2017. and That potentially could upset things in the near term if that happens to be the case.
1: Give me a little bit of background about what briefing.com does
3: and your role at briefing.com. Sure. Well, We are a provider of live intraday analysis, and so we provide uh, insight on the trading flow and, and news that is driving individual stocks as well as the capital markets. So we provide some value-added analysis for our subscribers, uh, getting down to the important points of why things are moving and what it might mean for their uh, stock holdings or perhaps their bond holdings or even some of their currency positions. Uh, and so we do that day in and day out. Uh, we've been doing it for close to 25 years now. Um, and uh, and um, you know, and what I do specifically is I contribute to that analysis uh, on a daily basis through my Page One commentary, which is um, you know day-to-day uh, insight on the news driving the markets. And then on a weekly uh, macro perspective through my Big Picture column, uh, tends to be longer range uh, in its orientation. Um, and as a chief market analyst, my job is essentially to you know give that insight as to what sectors are are doing well and why, which are not doing so well and why. Um, and uh, I tend to look at things more from this macro top-down perspective as opposed to a bottoms-up perspective. Um, and therefore, I tend to be somewhat interested in what's going on with the economic data because that is certainly a key driver of both monetary and fiscal policy and a lot of other things
1: thanks for joining me today and I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks okay thanks Rob thanks very much I speak every week and I shouldn't say talk to you in a couple weeks, I speak every week with Patrick O'Hare I think he's very insightful, very clear and uh, gives you the market information in a not intimidating manner I remember being younger and uh, looking at Wall Street and I was intimidated by it because the people who are working on covering it acted like they're smarter than you and they probably are at market things, but they weren't able to make it relatable to you. One of the things I try to do is make it as relatable as possible. Um, you know, the world's eight richest people have as much wealth as the bottom half of the whole entire world. So, eight people make up the wealth of 3.6 billion people. Uh, think about that for Uno Momento. You can find me online at Roblox Show, Twitter Roblox Show. You can find Pat at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. It's easy to get complacent about retirement planning when the stock market is soaring to record highs, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. To win the race, you need to take the right steps along the way. Learn winning strategies from me, Rob Black, and certified financial planner, Chad Burton, at an educational lunch event in Berkeley on February 9th. We'll cover the building blocks of a successful portfolio and break down the 2017 market outlook. You'll also learn how to transition your portfolio from the accumulation phase to the income phase, which accounts to draw from first, how to minimize tax and retirement, social security strategies, and more. And get estate planning tips for 2017 from attorney Michelle Lerman. That's Thursday, February 9th, 11 a.m. lunch at the Berkeley Marina Doubletree. Sign up at newfocusfinancial.com for just $25 or free for KDOW listeners using the promo code retire123. Hope to see you Thursday, February 9th. Once again, sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. Free for KDOW listeners using promo code retire123.
0: Back online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
1: Welcome in. Welcome back. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. We can talk about income and retirement. That's a big one for a lot of people. Uh, What's it going to look like? Um, and how much time do you have left at work? As I'm now closer to fifty than I am to forty. My life is starting to look at you know, at fifty you got ten years left to work. So at forty you had twenty. At thirty you had thirty, at twenty you had forty. I look at it as you work from twenty to sixty and you live off of your work and your life from sixty to a hundred. It's not Science—it's not set in stone, but it's—it's a—it's a good rough um, to start with. I'm pretty sure I probably won't live past 80. Can't promise you that, but I'm—you uh, know—I'm puffy. Uh, I don't—you know—drink or smoke hard or anything like that, so I don't have that risk added to me. But my dad died earlier than he should have. He died at 58, which my mom just turned 80 yesterday um, so you combine those two and, you know let's call it 60 and 80 and you know somewhere around 70 is the average now. Uh, that doesn't mean you know that's gonna happen but that's in my head. So you want to avoid running out of money. I think that's really important. The people who tell you, you should spend every cent I think are ridiculous. You have to start figuring out your retirement cost, your living expenses, your debt, your taxes, your insurance and health care costs. That's things that you have to have. And then there's things that you don't have to have, like travels and hobbies and luxuries and grandchildren. How do you spend money there? If you're currently 51 and you're expected to live till 81 kind of thing, uh, I want to, you know, write that down and assume that's going to happen, but you have to start figuring out your budget and say, you know, 81 is going to be the year I probably die. Let's make sure I have money until I'm 85-ish kind of thing. Um, because you don't want to be 86 and run out of money either. So you pay for retirement out of your salary, um, your pension, your social security, your businesses and your real estate. So, um, it's all out there. It's, Information that you have to play with to get good with. Uh, there's three reasons why, changing topics, there's three reasons why people think that we're headed for market correction right now, that this may be the last week to get out. I don't play that game, but I look at it. Uh, sentiment, seasonal trends, and geopolitical risk, all tied towards the Trump inauguration. Um, China has said there will be war. You know, they've used the word war if, uh, you know, the U.S. gets too smarty pants for their own good with how they deal with, you know, imports coming out of the export markets from China. So if you wanted to buy the White House, how much do you think it would cost you? The home of every U.S. president except for George Washington it gained 15% in value under the eight years in office for Barack Obama. Um, you would have to pay 397 Almost $398 million for the 132-room building. And who knows what's underneath it, right? Um, If you wanted to rent it, it would cost you about $2 million every month. So there you go. Um, A Bruce Springsteen cover band has quit the inauguration because Bruce Springsteen. (laughs) So Bruce Springsteen's political opinions are not lined up with Donald Trump's. So the B Street Band, a well-known Bruce Springsteen cover band, they've dropped out of a a performance. And I find that to be like the funny, stupid story of the day. But there's also a business lesson in it. You know, Um, if you make your living pitching uh, real estate, like I just heard a commercial about how the stock market's going to crash. And I dislike that. Just, I really dislike that person playing off fears. The stock market just hit an all-time high. I've seen more people lose their wealth and go bankrupt in real estate than they have in stocks. Uh, But it's easy to say stupid stuff, and there's a lot of people who will... anyone who says the stock market's going to crash and should get out before you're financially ruined, they're basically financially not very smart. And they have no concept of history or context uh, of how things work. Advertisers spent over $90 million last year on Snapchat, and the CEO of one of the biggest marketing companies, WPP, one of the biggest advertising companies, they think that Snapchat could be a a competitor and uh, a threat to Facebook. GM said today that they're going to invest more than $1 billion in the United States after some Trump tweets. GM plans to bring in thousands of information technology jobs back to the U.S. from overseas creating a total of 7,000 new jobs in the U.S. Uh, General Motors said that it will invest $1 billion in several plants. Um, The whole Mexican car production, potential 35% tax. Um, What's interesting to note about that is it's probably not going to be that. Uh, But where is it going to be, and what does it look like? So the pace has become very, very weak. Now is a good time to book a vacation to Mexico, Um, based on the savings that you'll get from the weak peso. There's also going to be an investment sometime in the second half, sometimes in 2017. I won't say second half because it could be second quarter, third quarter or fourth quarter. There's going to be uh, an investment in the peso that I think we're overshooting the bad news. Like I don't think it will be a 35% tax, but what will it be? Um... But the pace has reacted as if it's going to be 35%. Walmart's going to add about 10,000 retail jobs in the United States. Woo! At a time when department store sales have fallen for 11 straight years amidst online onslaught and companies like Walmart going aggressively at them. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. i got an event coming up. You can sign up for it at robblackshow at robblackshow.com. The passcode to get in is uh, retire123. Retire one, two, three.